Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus, save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Today in business from Wired. A new WeWork documentary relives its roller coaster story. WeWork, or the making and breaking of a $47 billion unicorn, is a good crash course while you wait for the adaptation starring Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway. By Ariel Pardes. The new documentary about WeWork begins with Adam Newman letting out a fart. It's 2019, and Newman, the company's charismatic founder and then CEO, is recording a video for WeWork's Roadshow, the traditional presentation executives make to investors as they prepare a company to go public. Flatulence is not the only issue for Newman. He struggles to read the teleprompter. He demands silence from everyone in the room, insisting that he would get the script right if everyone would just shut up. It's this kind of archival footage that makes WeWork, or the making and breaking of a $47 billion unicorn, worth watching. The story of WeWork, the starry-eyed founder raised on a kibbutz, the real estate company rebranded as technology startup, the bamboozled investors, and the failed IPO— is well-documented by now. Journalists covered in real-time the company's meteoric rise, and more recently, its deflation. Reeves Wideman's thorough account, Billion Dollar Loser, was published in October. A second book, The Cult of We, by Wall Street Journal writers Elliot Brown and Maureen Farrell, comes out this summer. We Crashed, The Rise and Fall of WeWork, tells the same story in podcast form. Apple is now developing a We Crashed adaptation for its streaming service, starring Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway. More scripted dramas are in the works, including another TV series and a movie. Which is all to say that We Work the Documentary, which premiered at South by Southwest this week and comes out April 2nd on Hulu, is not the only history of the co-working company out there, nor is it the most comprehensive, but... 
The film offers an easy crash course in the material, especially for those who don't like to read. What WeWork lacks in detail, it makes up for in the immediacy of its medium. Billion Dollar Loser mentions that Newman is dyslexic. In the documentary, you can instantly see his frustration with the teleprompter. Similarly, Newman's grandiose statements about himself and his company come off differently when you hear them straight from his mouth rather than quoted on the page. WeWork's director, Jed Rothstein, is best known for stories of religious terrorism and financial fraud. His portrayal of Newman takes on similar themes of extreme greed and self-grandeur. This is not a documentary about a company, really, but a character study of its larger-than-life leader. Notably, even though WeWork has another co-founder, Miguel McKelvey, an architect who gave WeWork its signature design, he isn't mentioned much in the film. Instead, WeWork delves into Newman's background, his family, and his vision. From the get-go, WeWork was more than office space. It was the world's first physical social network. It wasn't for people at work, but for people doing what they love. Newman is an extraordinary salesperson for his idea, both to investors and customers as well as his own employees. The documentary draws on testimonials from many former WeWorkers who explain the attraction to the company and to Newman. These sit-down interviews make WeWork feel at times like a documentary about a cult, but they also add important nuance to a story that's easily reduced into its more outlandish details. One of the company's former lawyers appears on screen to explain a few of the more legally dubious business decisions, but he also talks about how fun it was to work there. This wasn't just a hot new startup. It was a company with a mission, one doing nothing less than changing the world. It wasn't just about changing the way people work. We were going to change ultimately every facet of the way people interact. Megan Mallow, Newman's former assistant, says in the film, it really spoke to me. Publicly, Newman said that every WeWork employee was given equity. But in reality, employees were given stock options, often to compensate for low salaries, most of which ended up being worth nothing. WeWork uses an impressive array of video footage to showcase Newman as a charismatic leader and an incredible salesperson. There's Newman addressing his employees at various company gatherings, which look more like music festivals than corporate events. There's Newman ripping shots at summer camp, the mandatory and alcohol-soaked employee retreat. There's Newman recording an early pitch to investors and touring a camera crew around a new office. The paint on the walls barely dry. Many of these scenes will feel familiar to people who followed the WeWork saga or who read Billion Dollar Loser. Still, seeing them stitched together over a hundred minutes brings the story to life in a new way. There are also glimpses of his wife, Rebecca Newman, an actress who took on more control over WeWork as the company grew. If Adam is the star of the WeWork show, then Rebecca is the director tweaking the company's vision and casting it in different lights. In one clip, Rebecca tells a reporter about We Grow, the company's short-lived $36,000 a year private preschool. The mission of We Grow, and quite honestly, the collective we that we're all living under, is to elevate the world's consciousness, she says. And then, as if to clarify, we're unleashing every human's superpowers and expanding happiness. We work, grows like a balloon, and all that air leads it to pop. By the end of the film, WeWork has filed to go public with one of the most insane S1s ever, which exposes the company's faulty business model. 
Newman has repeatedly said the company is profitable, but actually it's hemorrhaging money. The churn rate for tenants is extraordinary, and the cost of buying new buildings doesn't add up. The private market valuation, $47 billion at its peak, as the documentary's full title reflects, no longer makes any sense. And WeWork's largest investor, SoftBank's Masayoshi San, expresses doubts. The empire crumbles. Newman is offered a package worth $1.7 billion to leave the company. His out-of-control vision proves to be WeWork's downfall. As one former WeWork member recalls, after overhearing Newman's spiel to investors, at a certain point, you're just like, shut the fuck up, man. It got really draining and really exhausting to constantly be a part of this thing. As Newman prepares his roadshow video, the last big and ultimately doomed push to sell his creation, he asks about the positioning of the camera, if he should look to the side or face it straight on. Newman does that a lot throughout WeWork. Should I look this way or that way? The filmmakers didn't sit down with Newman, but the documentary features footage from many journalists' interviews with the CEO throughout WeWork's rise. At first, it seems like a normal thing to do in a televised interview. By the end, it seems more emblematic of Newman's preoccupation with how he appears to others, and the filmmaker's preoccupation with how Newman behaves behind the scenes. Those bits of footage bring new dimension to the WeWork story and help create a stronger sense of who Newman is. But, as former employees point out in the film, it's only one part of the story. When you focus the story on Adam, says Margarita Kelrick, a former WeWork lawyer, you miss how many people worked really, really hard to bring this impossible vision to life who got nothing. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more business news at wired.com business. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.